Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. My husband, who works in corporate America, often gets surprised when I describe what's happening at his company in terms of relationships. But the truth is, everything in our lives is a relationship of one form or another. The depth of the interaction may vary, but we are in some kind of relationship with every person we encounter, including ourselves. And one universal truth is that the way you approach any particular relationship is the way that you approach all of them. The rules that you adopt for one will define the rest to some degree or another. And another universal truth is that most of us have no idea which rules are productive and which aren't. So to help sort some of this out, I'm pleased to welcome back Empowerment Coach and the author of, I love this book, Man School, Relating with Women in the, Me, in the Hashtag Me Too Era, Matthew Solomon. Matthew, thanks so much for coming back on the show and talking about something that I know is near and dear to your heart. Yeah, <laughs> thank you so much for having me back. It's great to be here. So again, you wrote an article. You write lots of articles. I think they're great. People should read yeah. them. The Secret to Having All Areas of Your Life Work. And this was an article you wrote for the Good Man Project. And what is this secret to having all areas of our lives work, and why does it matter? <laughs> well, it's so great because, I mean, you basically in your introduction there, it, it, the secret is uh, recognizing that we are in relationship with everything, relationship to everything. And so, well, you, you know, ultimately... Well, usually when we hear relationships, we think of the romantic kind. But right. there's relationships to our partners, there's relationships to the business, there's relationships to parenting and our children, there's relationship to money, there's relationship to our community. And so when we can uh, approach things from who am I in relation to this thing or what is my relationship with this thing and how does it work and what are the things that work and don't work and how can we improve it, then we can, then we can actually do something about it and move actually deeper into relationship toward partnership, which is when I, when I work with couples and actually, you know, when I'm coaching people around business and all that, it, it is really about partnerships where we're joined together for a common goal and, and working together in that way. Well, and this is such an interesting topic because, I mean, I remember having this conversation with my husband and he was describing you know, some aspect at work and I go, yeah, this is happening and this is happening and this is happening and why it's happening. And he looked at me like, honey, it's a big family. <laughs> you know, yeah. Here's the mom and dad, you know, and, here's this, and you know, here are the siblings, you know, I mean, and, and he was like, Wow. And I said, yeah. I said, that's why when we're out in public, I'm always watching because I'm always watching every single relationship. And, you know, and, and I know that you're in L.A. and I was born and raised there. And the one relationship people in L.A. have is with their cars and the people next to them. I mean, and, 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 you know, and, and that's a relationship. I mean, you, you do have a, and people don't think about this. And what does this mean? And we always think about relationship as being people who are, close to us in some way, which those are relationships and probably mm -hmm. the ones that matter the most. 
but the re- but everything's a relationship. And I, you know, I guess it's one of those things where it doesn't come as a surprise to me because that's what I do. But right. it seems that that that's, you know, it's like, oh well, that I don't I don't have a relationship with that person. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's you know that that's one of the things you know. There's that that saying, you know, know thyself. And and if we mm-hmm. if we you know we take this to like a metaphysical level where you know the, the purpose quote the purpose of our existence is to is self-realization right is is knowing ourselves. And so the only way to really know ourselves is is in relation to other things because otherwise mm-hmm. we're just like we just are which is which mm-hmm. is a great place to be also like if you can get into that space um but i remember you know i trained and taught martial arts for uh, 11 12 years and we used to talk a lot about the personal development side of of the training in addition mm-hmm. to the punching and kicking and all of that and and so you know the sensei of the school would often say, you know what, it, it'd be great to be a monk on a hill and just meditate, but where's your real growth if it's not in relation to other people, if we're not dealing with the challenges of relating and, and knowing who we are and how we can show up and, and choosing, okay, if, I, if this person really frustrates the heck out of me, where can I be responsible and what can I do, you know, personally to, to heal that or transform that or, you know, and that may look like learning, you know, breathing techniques or, or centering myself or doing, you know, some, you know, different kinds of practices or it could mean I'm just not going to interact with that person anymore because they're not healthy for me. Right. Or yeah, what most people try to try to do is to just get them to stop doing whatever it is they're doing <laughs> which ju- yeah. usually just ends up frustrating you know even even more and and I really like that idea you you painted a really nice picture at least in my head about you know the guru on the mountainside who's you're just sitting there meditating and it's like well yes but he or she depending on the gender isn't really growing because they're not interacting and and I think that's you know it's one of the reasons why um one of my favorite expressions or quotes about marriage is you know marriage is our last best chance to grow up because that's mm. really what that is it's about okay here's somebody who's challenging me sometimes in positive ways and sometimes in not so positive ways and it's what I want to do about it. So, I mean, I'm always loving the divorce um, excuse of irreconcilable differences. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, there are, it is those differences. It's, it's you're different from me. Now what do I do with that? Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, and then it's the, well, if you would just change and be more like me, everything would be great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which, in those terms, I don't have to grow which is right. kind of an interesting. And, and I do think that that's you know, where a lot of people, you know, they, they, they kind of want to stop time, I guess, maybe you know, two months after the wedding. I don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> quite sure how far we want to give people. Um, I mean, you know, it's interesting you say that. And, of course, you know, because that's, I mean, this is what you do. But, yeah, two months, well, I was married for nine years, and I've been divorced seven. And, mm-hmm. you know, the first two months I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm on top of the world. And then the two-month mark, it was like, oh, man, I can't do anything right. And, mm-hmm. and the whole the whole nature of the the marriage had shifted. Um, 
you know, which is really, really interesting. There is, there is something to that. Yeah, and, and, and the thing that gets to me is that it seems to come as a surprise, And because you know, I've had people ask me if I did premarital work, I said, with anybody who was interested in doing it, but most people think, oh, we're in love, it's all going to be wonderful, yeah. and then they hit that point, and they don't realize that, oh, by the way, every couple hits this point mm-hmm. sooner or later, and then it's how do you know what to do, and I think this kind of sort of brings up the next thing I wanted to ask you about your article because and I have to laugh because in your article you talk about being in Hollywood and I was born and raised in Los Angeles and, yeah. and knew several people in the industry and you know and and it really is a very a business filled with nepotism you actually really do have to know somebody almost to get into the mm-hmm. business and but you actually talk about that expression about it's all about who you know and you put an interesting spin on it so what does yeah. this term mean to most people and how is it that they're getting it wrong well the the it's all who you know my my experience has been you know people show up to los angeles hollywood mm-hmm. let's <laughs> show up to hollywood mm-hmm. and they just go on this big spree of who do i know who am i going to meet i'm going to go to every party you know go to every hot spot just to meet people and meet people and meet people and meet people and collect contacts and cards and and whatever and mm-hmm. and i i shared in the article how i'm you know i'm a i'm a filmmaker and I've had people who I don't really know that well. I know them from social media or, or whatnot. And they land in L.A. and they're like, I'm here, hire me. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know you. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't I know, know really anything. I know of you, but I don't yeah. know you, which I think is really kind of the point you are making. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I know your, you know your avatar photo, <laughs> you know your one-inch mm-hmm. square picture and your screen name, and we've we've tweeted or chatted a few times, but I don't like I don't know if you're somebody that I want to spend, you know, two weeks or three months on on a set with, and you know what you can deliver and what your skills are, and and, and more to the point, are you somebody I want to spend time with? Because you know you could be super talented, but if 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 we just don't jive, I'm not really going to want to work with you, you know. Um, so that's 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 a, a thing where we get it wrong is we think we just have to like meet people, and it's you know throw stuff against the wall and see who sticks, and and then and then you can approach whoever. Like I, oh my gosh, there've been you know back when I was an actor. I would take these acting classes, and they would say, okay, write a list of you know a hundred people that you know in the business, oh. and then just, just start reaching out to them. I and hate I was that. Like, yeah, and I was like, I, I mean, I know I've met these people, but I don't know these people, you know. And so, so I think that's that's where where it goes off the path is we. It would be much more beneficial to be building relationships, not from a place of what can I get from you. But mm-hmm. you know who are you, and what are you interested in, and and is there, you know, how deep can we go in in learning about each other? Well, and that's so. It's so. It sounds like it's more the quality of who you know, not the quantity of who you know. Because I know that you know in, in business, I was like, well, we have to go network, and you have to meet all these people. And whatever's like. 
or, or yeah, it's, it's that make a list of 100 people you know and contact them. It's like, okay, first off, they're not, I, and my response mostly is, they're not going to know me from Adam. Why would they bother spending time talking to me? Mm-hmm. You know, so I kind of come yeah. at it. I mean, of course, I'm also an introvert, so that's a whole other <laughs> thing right. about networking. Yeah. But, but, you know, I mean, and, and, and the thing about introverts is we would rather be with like a small group of people and getting into a really deep conversation than like being at a, you know, at a, at a nightclub where there are like 500 people dancing. It's like, oh, my God, that's my nightmare. You know, don't make me go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. and – and I, so is it, I mean, I'm bringing up introverts and extroverts, mm-hmm. but is it also, is, is it something about, is there a fear factor involved? I mean, I know that one of the buzzwords of today, and it terrifies people, thank you, Brene Brown, who I actually adore, but mm-hmm. this whole concept of vulnerability, and mm-hmm. that's how we know people, is to yeah. share stuff with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but... But that's scary stuff. Yeah, I mean, it can be. Um, you know, it, it can be, and then there's a, a point at which if, if you're practicing being vulnerable and, and open, you know, you don't have to share, like, the thing that happened to you when you were four years old or, or that kind of thing, right? I mm-hmm, mean, mm-hmm. but you can share what your, experience of, uh, your experiences have been, um, you know, what you're excited about. Like a lot of times we think vulnerability and it's like, oh, I have to share all the, the deep, painful, dark stuff. No, you can share the, like the happy stuff and the excited stuff and the things that really inspire you. I mean, that's, it take, you know, cause, because we, we are taught, or at least I was taught to uh, hide that also. You know, don't be too excited. Don't, don't show them, you know, you have something good going on. You know those, those sorts of things, and and so I think it's just being more real is what authenticity is to me. Mm-hmm. It's just being yourself and being true to yourself, and and understanding that one, if I show up authentically or you show up authentically, then that could challenge somebody else. They may not like it. They may not be interested. Like you said, you know, mm-hmm. do I want to spend three months on a on a set with somebody? <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and you know so that that again is the other thing is that it's okay if i'm not everybody's cup of tea it's okay that if somebody doesn't want to spend 3 months on a set with me because i may not want to spend 3 months on a set with them so mm-hmm. <laughs> we're good but yeah. it's it's this concept of really connecting and, you know, it's, it's one of the things going back just momentarily to the corporate world where, you know, and I use this with people who work in the corporate world. I said, well, are all your, do all your colleagues or do all your coworkers react the same way that you do to everything? And they'll go, no. I said, so why do you think your spouse would? Mm. And they kind of look at me like, <laughs> you know, or yeah. you try to get, you know, you're, you're trying to get your colleagues to buy into something. And it's like, well, yeah. And, and, and one person, you know, maybe, maybe more time off would be what they're interested in. And another person might be more interested in money. I mean, you know, we have these different needs that make us different. Mm-hmm. We're not all just lumped together. And it's, I think to me, life is kind of learning how to navigate through this. Yeah, you know it's yeah, and um, and you know I'm glad you brought that because you, you mentioned this earlier when we were talking about marriage about 
you know, I wish you would just do things the way that, that I would. And, and what's really great about that statement and about what you were just saying is we all have, we grow up interpreting our experiences the way that we do that. And so, you know, my interpretation of things, my needs, my desires, you know, what I think about certain things are, are just going to be different from mm-hmm. yours. And we could go up in the same house with the same parents with the same, I was, I was in a seminar one time, and there was a, uh, four siblings, and they were all older, you know, like, mm-hmm. like adult, I mean, you know, so, right. you know, one, one was in his 50s, one was in his, like 48, the other was 45, and then the youngest was 39. Mm-hmm. All four of them grew up in the same house, their parents went through a divorce when the youngest was four. Mm-hmm. All four of them blamed themselves but for vastly different reasons. Uh-huh. You know, one was like, oh, if I was just, like the oldest was like, if I was just strong enough to keep the family together. And the, the uh-huh. next one down thought, oh, you know, if I was nicer to my dad, he would have stuck around. And so, you know, it was so clear how they all had the same experience, but they all interpreted it differently, and they all made it mean something different about them. And so then you take that into a, a, a marriage, uh-huh. And, you know, I have all of my own crap, and you got all of your own crap, and, <laughs> and the way you handle it is probably going to be different than the way I handle it, but, but the key is that neither of us is right, neither of us is wrong. That it is. It is, and so, so yes. then it's like we work, we work together. <laughs> right. We work together with this, yeah. And, you know, and it is, and, and I'm so glad you said that because it is just an is. Your experience is your experience. Mine is mine, and that's just an is. It's not, there's no judgment to it. I mean, there's no right, there's no wrong, and I think that is one of the biggest challenges in, in many, many relationships is because, oh, there is this different experience, and I don't understand it, and that makes me uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So this is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking with empowerment coach and author Matthew Solomon about how to improve all the relationships in your life. And if you find yourself struggling in or repeating the same unproductive behaviors in relationships, I want you to know that it does not have to stay that way. Learning how to be a good friend, partner, or coworker is possible and I'd like to help if you're interested. So you can give me a call or send me an email and take advantage of my no-obligation free strategy session. You can reach me at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S. Coaching, N is in Nancy, C is in charlie.com. Or you can call me at area code 919 9240463 again 9199240463 so i want to get back and ask you uh matthew a very important question because in the article you you spend some time talking about this and you talk about knowing ourselves and you know, that reminds me of you know years and years and years ago i'm not even going to tell you how young i was and my mom handed me a book called how to be your own best friend and so, it, you know, and I think it has that same thing about why is it important that we know ourselves? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great question. It's, it's, if we don't know ourselves, we're not going to know our partners. We're not going to know 
what we need and what we want. You know, we don't know what, what feels good to us. We, you know, uh, one, one of the things just in my personal life is you know, I grew up not really having boundaries and letting mm-hmm. everybody in and not, not really knowing uh, who was good for me and who wasn't and what situations were good and what wasn't. So I just kind of bounced around and bounced around and, you know, and got my butt kicked a lot, <laughs> um, you know, literally and figuratively. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the more that we, you know, and, and we have, you know, we, we're always our, our worst judges of ourselves. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And people judge us. And, and you know, so, so the more that we can stop and breathe and whether it's meditating or journaling or just, you know, I, I do this once a month where I just have a day of silence and there's no technology, no TV. I don't talk to anybody. I don't listen to music. I just spend the day in silence. And it really helps me get tuned into myself, you know, with, in regards to what is working for me and what isn't and what feels good and what doesn't and what are the things that I'm needing to figure out and what are the best paths to take. And so if we don't know that for ourselves, then when we come into relation with somebody else, you know, either either we're imposing our stuff on them unknowingly or they're imposing theirs on, on us and, and we're we're just caught in, you know, like I used to surf, you get caught in... <laughs> In, in just, you know, when you get the washing machine cycle, you know, you're just getting tossed and tossed and tossed versus knowing, okay, this person feels good, so I'm going to spend time with them. This person does not, so I'm not going to spend time with them, and, and so on and so on. Well, and that's a really interesting perspective, which I really appreciate, and I do think that it's a very difficult one because you're talking about just that inherent, you know, how do I feel when I am with this person and, you know, I'm self-disclosing a little bit, the times that I have found myself slightly in physical danger, not, not full danger, but just like, whoa, I'm in a situation I don't really want to be in, is when I did not listen to that little voice that said, this person is, does not have your best interests at heart. But we get, but we get the shoulds, and um, I yeah. mean, I, I remember when when my kids were little, I had be, because I had had this self realization, um, I made a promise to myself that I would never make my kids do anything, go with anybody, you know. It's like you know, no, you don't have to go give Aunt J- Jenny a hug or whatever. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. if they had something, it was like I was going to honor it. I might not feel it, but it was like I was not going to train that out of them, because yeah. we do that. We, you know, it's like. You know, I mean, and then there's, and you know, there's a great Southern expression about, you know, so and so. Oh, oh, they mean well. It's like, no, they don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, no, they don't mean well. And to yeah. try to, 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 you know, but that's what we're told. Oh, that bad behavior. Oh, they don't mean it. It's like, I'm sorry. Yes, they do. And and then that's a disavowing who we are, and that's how we end up in relationships that aren't really very good for us. Yeah. Exactly. So, and then, like you said, this is part of how, you know, we, if we don't know ourselves, it's really hard to find the people that we should be hanging out with, um, mm-hmm. you know, because, well, I need, I need to be like this to be accepted by that group, or I need to be the other way. And it's, you know, I think you mentioned the word earlier, 
about being authentic. And I remember mm-hmm. being in high school where, of course, you had all the cliques. You, know, you had the athletes, and then you had the, you know, the nerds, and you had the band people. You know, and, you had, and there were always certain people who could easily flow between all those groups. Not mm-hmm. and 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 they and and they were recognizable in all of them. It's like it's not like they they didn't change their personality or anything. Um, and as an, as I look back on it as an adult, I said those were people who knew who they were. They were authentic and they could engage any of these people and stay who they were. Yeah. And and so you know to me that to me that's the definition of authentic. And they were in relationship with all these other people. Mm-hmm. So how do people, how can people do this? Because I know there's a lot of socialization. There's a lot of fear. It's like, well, if I don't, if I'm not this way, then this person isn't going to like me. Or like you were talking about creating a boundary, um, Mm -hmm. you know, so to to protect yourself, which is what we all need to do. But how do we, how do we do that? Because when we create boundaries, other people don't like them. (laughs) <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Well, the 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 right people, quote right people, mm-hmm. will you know will appreciate that and will respect your boundaries. And the people who benefit from you not having boundaries are are going to push back or disappear or you know because because they, they don't like it. Um, uh, yeah. What's I mean what I you know what I do for myself and what I do with my clients is I mean for, first of all we we have to. We have to get to a place where we're okay spending quiet time with ourselves, mm-hmm. whether it's meditating for five minutes or ten minutes or taking a day of silence or doing a 10-day silent retreat or, or something like that. We, you know, we have to decide that this is something I'm going to do for myself to benefit myself because it's healthy for me. And, and do it. And, 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 well, the first thing we have to decide, we get to decide, is that there's nothing wrong with me. And who I am <laughs> is perfect, whole, and complete. And, you know, because I, you know, you, you mentioned being an introvert. I'm an introvert. And I was always uh, super quiet. And in my 20s, my friends called me Quiet Maddie. And they would literally, uh-huh. you know, my best friend's girlfriend would always be like, have you said anything in the last 20 minutes? You, you know, and, and it would drive me nuts because I was like, you know, I was hanging out with a group of like Italian East Coast guys who just talked and talked and talked and, talked, and I was raised to be very polite. And so, I, mm-hmm. you know, there was really nowhere for me to interject. And, you know, so, yeah, so, so, but what I did was I listened mm-hmm. and who I am for people now is, is, like anybody can say anything to me and uh-huh. I can hold space for it, whether it's, right. you know, deep trauma and grief or, or really intense anger or, you know, whatever it is. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and I can create myself to be extroverted when I need to, when I'm on calls mm-hmm. or on, on a, you know, speaking uh, a stage or, you know, anything like that. And so, you know, we, we, get, we get to pick and choose um, who we're going to be in any given moment, and there's nothing wrong with us. And then we get to to sit and spend time quietly and meditate or journal and really be introspective and ask ourselves questions. You know, what's important to me? Why am I feeling this way right now? What is it mm-hmm. that I need more than anything right now? What do I want? 
uh, and then and then just write being willing to write down whatever comes up. And yeah, and the more that we know that, the more that we can find the people who are best suited to us. And that and, and that doesn't mean right. that there's wrong that there's anything wrong with with other people. It just means they're not well suited for us. Um, you know, people talk about finding your tribe and finding you know finding where you feel loved and supported and accepted. And I mean, one of the things that I ask when, I, when I'm seeing in individual clients, where I don't usually do this when I'm doing couples work, but when I'm working with somebody by themselves, especially if they're wanting to be in a relationship, I always ask them, when you are by yourself, do you like the company that you're with? Mm-hmm. And if the answer to that is no, I tell them you're not ready to be in a relationship. If they say yes, I said, okay, now you're, now you're ready because you're not looking for somebody else to fix you, quote unquote, yeah. um, or, you know, or, or, fill, or fill the hole inside. It's like, no, you're actually comfortable in your own skin. You've got enough sense of who you are to be able to, to judge, is this person somebody I want to get to know better or is this person just passing through my life and I can just wish them well on their journey? Because um, not everybody has to be in our lives forever. Um, but you know, the whole thing does start with ourselves because otherwise we end up just being a reflection of other people which I've learned over time people get really tired of. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so I, I mean, I do. I find this whole process. Of course, I'm not. And and as you were describing, you know, a, a day of absolute silence. It's like, oh my, and I'm an introvert. I'm going. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> but mostly because I think it brings up. Wow, I wouldn't. There'd be no place for me to avoid my own thoughts, mm-hmm. which is, of course, exactly the reason why one does that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't know how I was going to get through it the first time, and then go like the next day, I was like, oh my god, I got to do this all the time. That was really amazing, and it was mm-hmm. hard. It yeah, you know, it was it was it was hard, and you know there were, mo- and I also you know for me, I I fast during that time also, mm-hmm. and so you know there's a whole lot of stuff that comes up around you know I I, I should have eaten by now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your body's going, you, okay, this yeah. is not fun, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it's noon, but, but it, it feels like it should be 4 o'clock, and I, I still have the, the rest of the day to go mm-hmm. and all of that. But, but it's, all, it's all good, though. It's all, it really, for me, it, really, it, it tells me a lot about myself. It tells me about, it, you know, it's a really good barometer for where I'm at in my life and who's in my life and what I'm working on and what direction to take and, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's amazing. Well, and I, and I do think that that's one of the drawbacks to our, you know, wired 24-7 world is that, one, you know, we feel like we have to be on call to everybody all the time, whether it's our partner or our children or our boss or whomever. Um, the idea of just being quiet and disconnected. I mean, I know there's this whole thing about, you know, technology detox, which I think is actually mm-hmm. a good thing. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's because it it does give us time to get centered and figure out, 
both what's going well in our lives and maybe what isn't going well and what do we want to do with that. And I, But again, and I don't know if you have any words of wisdom around this because as we're talking about this, um, what's coming up for me is I'm thinking if people are listening to this, they're getting really freaked out right about now. <laughs> <laughs> about because this is this is a you know we, we don't in, i mean in certain aspects in certain segments of society i think we do encourage this but in other aspects we we don't and so i mean obviously you know many people might not be either able or ready to do a 24 hour detox um where would you recommend they start uh, i i mean honestly i'm well yeah, I'm I'm an Aries, so I have my my recommendation is just to pick a day and do it. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, actually, not a, not a bad idea, even for a non-Aries, because um, <clears throat> actually, yeah. if you circle out on your calendar, it's like, okay, there's that date staring at me. Okay. Yeah, and you know, tell tell somebody you're going to do it so that they can su- support you in that. You, you know, so so one of the things that came up for me is. I'm a parent, and mm-hmm. I share custody with, with my kid's mom, and, and so I picked a day where they were with their mom, and then the thought is, well, what if something happens? or What if somebody, somebody needs to get a hold of me? And so what I did was I told my next-door neighbor, I'm doing a day of silence. I'm not going to be on technology. Do you mind if I give your number to my family just in case something comes up? And they're like, nah, go for it. Right. And so then I'm covered. So if something happens and they need to get a hold of me, my neighbor will know and he'll come get me. And so you just, you set up the support, you know, the, the people that, you know, my clients who I'm uh, usually accessible to in between our coaching calls, I let them know, Mm -hmm. you know, this day I will not be uh, reachable. (laughs) Don't have a crisis this day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You don't get to have a crisis this day. Um, And I let them know I'll, I'll 8 a.m. the next morning, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm, I'm back or, or, you know, whatever. So you just you set you set it up so that you're supported mm-hmm. in, in doing that, and, which is great because then you're also taking care of yourself even more by by enrolling other people and in creating a structure that has you take care of yourself. Right, and then and and then in a way that's also like dropping a dropping a pebble in a in a pond that ripple effect because now those people go oh this is kind of cool let me try that you know <laughs> right right yeah. Um, so, Matt, unfortunately, we're out of time. Um, where can people find out more about this concept of, you know, real relationship, what, how, to, how to make their whole life work in terms of relationship and other wonderful information that you provide? Yeah, thank you. Well, my website is coachwithmatthewsolomon.com, and Matthew is two T's and Solomon is all O's. So coachmatthewsolomon.com. There's links to all my social media on there. And then I, you know, I have videos. I wrote a book, like, like you mentioned, Man School, Relating with Women in the Me Too Era. And I teach uh, group courses, and I do one-on-one and couples coaching. And I also have been doing a lot of uh, speaking at camp, uh, universities and corporations mm-hmm. on diversity and anti-sexism and uh, on those topics and relationship building. Right, because it's because again, it's all relationships. Because human beings are designed to live in community, and 
for good or ill, and I think there's both, we're no longer restricted to the tribes that we were born into. So we now mm-hmm. can choose to be part of several tribes. And the rules for productive relationships are the same for whichever tribe you're currently interacting with. And the, but as we talked about just a little bit ago, I think that the most important relationship for you to master is the one with yourself because all the others spring from that one. And the question you need to ask yourself is, what do you need to make that relationship really awesome? So hopefully you found some value in today's show, and hopefully you'll keep listening. And until next week, stay loving. Stay loving.